um, yes. Oh, excellent. Um, well, uh, welcome to uh, For the Love of AEW, Beth. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to being here. Should be a good, good few, I say few minutes, 20 minutes or so. I'm looking forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, um, as you know, this uh, podcast series is all about trying to capture like the zeitgeist of AEW fandom and um, really on the more personal side, because for, for me, like wrestling is a really personal thing. Like yeah. it's something that's really helped me and continues. Like last week, I had a really bad weekend at wrestling, helped me. I watched Stadium Stampede and it made me happy. You know, it really did. <laughs> you um, can't not smile watching that match. Oh, so true. So true. It's, I think, uh, oh, we're so totally preempting this, but um, there are <laughs> moments that in the last couple of years on AEW that I know I'm going to go back in 20 years. And yeah. um, I think that's what makes it so special. Um, there are things that happen, like the stuff with Sammy and um, MJF giving him the coat that's too big. It's like <laughs> in 20 years' time, they are going to re-pull that gag. And we're all going to be sat there absolutely laughing our asses off. And our kids are going to be sat there going, what, what, why, why are you laughing? Why is this funny? I was like, well, they did this 20 years ago. Um, and it, it's just little things like that. It's, it, I, I freaking love it. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I think love is the key word. Um, but yeah, uh, Beth, uh, I, what I'm doing as part of this is trying to capture the, the kind of geographical side of AW fandom. So would you mind telling listeners like where you're from? So I live in the UK, um, as you can probably tell from the accent. I currently live um, just outside of London. Uh, it's about 45 minutes outside of London, though until about three months ago, I was living up in Leeds. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, got family everywhere. So yeah, I am home counties girl. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and... Uh, how is it that you like sort of what what were the sort of sequence of events that led to you becoming like an AEW fan because I know you're you're a big fan you're a writer and um you you sort of are somebody who's been involved since the early days since I was tweeting yeah, and then so tell me all about that my relationship with wrestling over the years has been complicated to say the least I grew up watching WWE runs on a Sunday with my family mainly my little brother and my dad and then as i grew up we hit tna and then all that blew up and then 2018 i hit and i stopped watching and then i've kind of come in and out of wwe kind of throughout the years and stuff daniel bryan um getting the championship at wrestlemania is a moment i will never forget but then take it lost the streak and i kind of fell out of love with it again but then my a very good friend of mine um who i used to be in a relationship with introduced me to aew it was the oh, i can't it was the first pay-per-view so it was double or nothing yep and that that was it it, it was <laughs> I, I was hooked um it was the night before he flew back to the states we stayed up we watched it and everything seeing jericho there and um, pack has i've loved him for years and everything it was just like this is what i've always wanted to feel like watching wrestling and it's the only actual wrestling that's ever made me feel like this i feel like a kid watching wrestling again yeah. and it's a really awesome feeling to have that much passion for something absolutely it's um and it's so funny that that sentiment that you've like expressed just now like that just 
kind of guilt-free joy, I think, is what it is. Yeah. That's been expressed by everyone I've spoken to. And, and it's kind of self-evident when you see people um, guilt-free, like just pleasure, like joy. And I can get stupidly giddy about it and mm. like rant on Twitter and yeah. go on, on big rambles about how I, at the moment it's Hangman Page for me. I am in full cowboy mode and I will just oh, yeah. laugh on, on Twitter and then everyone else joins in and it they've created such a family feeling within the community especially mm -hmm. the IWC and the like the Twitter fandom and stuff mm -hmm. like that and it does it just feels like a big family yeah yeah like, I think the Brody yeah. tribute episode was kind of I think that was the kind of pinnacle of that I think at that point it was just like yeah we're all we're all in this together and it actually feels like we're in this together rather than just bitching with each other on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, I so I can so identify with what you're saying. Um, I think there's a trust between like the fans of AEW oh, and AEW, which I do wonder like how sustainable that is. You know, it feels like a beautiful one of the reasons I wanted to do this now was it feels like we're just in this beautiful state of being yeah we're uh, it, it feels like, like we're in the honeymoon period and we're waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah yeah I and don't i don't want to that other shoe to drop i really <laughs> and i do hope they can kind of keep this going because i mean when when it first started it was understandable it was something new everyone was excited but we're like a year and a half nearly like coming up yeah. for two years in now and it still feels like that and i i with the growth they've had so far and managing to keep that community aspect, I hope and I imagine they will be able to hold it through. Um, because especially with who like the um EVPs and the owners and stuff are, it's it's gonna be I hope they can. I really yeah. do hope they can pull it off and keep it going. Yeah, yeah. it feels like they're really committed to that and like you're saying, they're sort of family friendly and um yeah, there's no there's no big recriminations, which is a refreshing change from the world of the carny world of pro wrestling, isn't it? Yes. Um. So you what you watched all in then? You were you were at the first or? Um, I watched the pay per view. Um, yeah. obviously being in the UK, getting to shows over the last year or so has <laughs> been um pretty much impossible. Um, but yeah, so we watched. Um, so yeah, it was all in rather than double or nothing. Um, but yeah, I watched all in. It was like at five a.m. finish. And then, yeah, three hours later, my other half got on a plane back to the States. Um, but yeah, it was it just watching it. I completely fell in love with it in a way I've never really felt about wrestling before. And it's continued. It's not been a phase like my dropping in and out of WWE and everything else has. And I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I guess that brings me on to my next and, and maybe the main question really that, that I'm here talking to, to you about is which is um what is it do you think that makes aw so special because I, I use that word quite um deliberately like i think it is special and i think um people that watch it understand that but i also feel it's quite a personal thing um i'd love to hear your thoughts on that it's really it's like since you sent me the overview of what we're going to be talking about today i've been thinking and thinking and thinking trying to put my finger on what makes aew so special and I'm really not sure. They do things their own way. Mm. And I think that in itself is amazing. You don't see that 
in professional wrestling these days there is very much a way things are done and that's how things are done no matter what promotion you're in other than possibly like the new japan stardom stuff like that which is a completely different style of wrestling Mm. um but aw does do things their own way they're bringing that kind of indie feel in they're bringing that new japan style over and they're meshing all of this stuff that really shouldn't work together (laughs) and somehow it's perfect and it's exactly what i guess wcw should have been Mm. like back then and they've actually managed to pull it off and they're succeeding at it and i don't know they're just they they're they're individual and i think that's what makes them so special and you can find everyone can find something in it to be able to enjoy yeah so true i I do agree with your sentiment there there's a there's a special alchemy at work i think yes and And tony khan is a genius booker i don't care what anyone says he ah that guy is freaking amazing yeah i mean he's he's objectively a great booker um i'm like i'm sure some people would disagree with that statement yeah there are people that would disagree with yeah pretty much everything but <laughs> what you... matches is things that you shouldn't think would work style mm. matchups and stuff tag teams that you really don't think would work and they they just do and everyone seems to love working there as well yeah that's a big yeah. plus for me as well like the fact that i know when i spend my money on a pay-per-view or my fight sub or on a ricky starks t-shirt like yeah. i'm wearing just now um like the fact that I know that it's going to a company that's kind of a good company, maybe early. About their staff and mm. their roster and their fans. Yeah, it, it's a good feeling. I will quite happily throw all my money at AW if I could, because <laughs> I know it's going to a company that deserves it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Thanks very much for sharing that. Um, so I've got a, a set of quick fire questions for you now. Go. Um, Top three AEW matches so far. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Stadium Stampede has to be up there. Oh, great choice. Um, I will be honest, I haven't seen Blood and Guts yet. Mm. But I'm just going to assume that's up there. <laughs> because from what I've heard, it's absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, oh, it's really difficult. I think... Mox versus Kenny, the first Mox versus Kenny, uh, um, unsanctioned match. Well, that's an interesting choice. Um, I have pe- I know people that were actually there. Oh wow! And um, yeah, it, it was yeah, that was possibly one of my favorite matches so far. And Kenny and Hangman versus Bucks, the title. So surprisingly, Stadium Stampede hasn't really come up that much in previous chats I've had. Could you tell me what for you? personally was so awesome about stadium stampede then i think because we'd just gone into lockdown and no one knew what to expect from it um it's jericho being absolutely goddamn insane so it could be anything and given what was happening in the world all the stress and everything that had kicked off yes i was we were gutted blood and guts wasn't happening but you sat down, you watched this pay-per-view, and it was just sheer insanity. 
<laughs> and it was Matt Hardy being the broken one. And that is the Matt Hardy I very much love and want to see again. And I think it was just, yeah, Hangman Page riding in on the horse. And oh. him, Jake just sat down at the bar having a drink and then going, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're actually meant to be fighting. It was... <laughs> It was funny, and it's one of those matches that I will continue to go back and watch for years to come, and it will never fail to put a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. I don't get how more people don't aren't saying that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with any of what you've said. I think that that scene with Hager when he sits down next to Hangman in the bar, that's probably like my favourite ever like moment in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I just such a poignant. Like these two outsiders in their respective in wrestling from AEW have to revolve around Hangman set in a bar. So <laughs> he's a yeah, great character. And the long term term storytelling, the fact that that was like the last real match with Hangman and the Elite, mm. and before all the shenanigans happened, and it was just a really awesome match. And I don't get why more people aren't going mental about it. <laughs> Well, I'm going mental about it with you. So, um, t- tell me a bit more then about um, the lights out unsanctioned match. Then, what was it about that one that really drew that one to your list? I've loved Mox for years. Um, when he was doing the Shield stuff with WWE, and like from that moment, like him and the Wyatt, and that kind of I've always liked that. I want to say grungier style of wrestling because I. Can you? I'm not quite sure you can go as far as calling that a real death match. Yeah. But it was so different from anything else I'd really watched because I've not been to an indie show. I don't watch a huge amount of indie wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I've never really encountered that style of wrestling before. Mm. And it completely blew my mind and I completely fell in love with it. And it's mocks. So yeah. lots of love. Um, and I, I was sat there, I cringed the whole the way through it. It was um, when they went into the barbed wire pit. And I'm just like, why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> but I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that when those two are in the ring, no matter who they're oh, against. Great, great. Just you can't keep your eyes off the screen, especially everything going on with um, like Bullet Club and Mox and Eddie mm-hmm. at the moment. The mm-hmm. fact that a year and a half on, this is still going, this storyline is still playing out. And uh, yeah, just give me more. I inject it like yeah. right into my veins. I'm loving it. What was the, was that the, ma- the match where the conclusion of it was they pulled up the ring? Yeah. Lining um, and then yeah, Mox pulled oh. the ring lining up and yeah. then Paradigm shifted Kenny into the <sighs> wood. Paradigm shift onto the wood. Yeah. And oh. I sat there, I was like, he's got, they're going to kill each other. They're yeah. actually going to kill each other. But I, yeah, I just couldn't stop watching. And I mean, that then led to me, I watched Blood and Guts, or not Blood and Guts, the last Blood Sports match with, or show with Mox versus, um, ah, I can't remember his name. But it's got me into a whole different style of wrestling that I, I, I kind of, I knew it was there. Yeah. But she kind of hadn't explored it before, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, they've sort of made it a bit more mainstream, haven't they? Because yeah. I was the same. Like I, I hadn't ever. I think I don't think I'd ever seen blood in a wrestling match, really, um, other than that Steve Austin spot against Bret yeah. Hart. That's kind of famous one, isn't it? But then they sort of yeah. stopped doing that on American TV, didn't they? So, um, yeah, certainly it's a new new one for me as well. Um, I think I can tell 
by your t-shirt spoiler on your t-shirt what the answer to this next question is but um who's your favorite AEW star and why uh I I I find it really difficult to choose like hangman definitely like I have found out and and everything I love it (laughs) um but yeah hangman mocks Hangman and Mox and Orange Cassidy are like my three, oh, I love top three guys. Oh, and Pack. Oh. And then you've got the rest of Best Friends. And it, I just, I, I honestly, yeah. I can't pick. I love them all. But yeah. I, Hangman's the one I really want to sit down and have a fight with. Oh, absolutely. The Anxious Millennium Cowboy. I mean, how relatable. Um... I think that's it. It's relatability. I mean, Mm-hmm. we all know what he's going through we've all been there we've all had the crappy friends and mm-hmm. the not quite knowing what to do with your life and like the lack of direction and we've all just wanted to sit at the bar and drown our sorrows some of us have done it some of us didn't and but it's still relatable and i just want to give him a huge hug and yeah. like Me everything too. will be okay your friends were dicks it gets better though yeah also, also love the fact that he he found his like Dungeons and Dragons mates in the Dark Order. That like made me really happy as well. Yeah. Like um, when he started riding the tractor and stuff like that with them. It's it's like like the whole um, page and um, uh, John Silver thing. That like that bromance. It's like Frodo and Sam levels <laughs> of bromance and. You don't see that type of male relationship on TV very often. The overly emotional, extremely touchy-feely male relationships in a positive light. And it's so refreshing to see. And it's not just with Hangman and Dark Order. You see it with best friends. Yeah. Um, to an extent, Kip and Miro, like, but that's likely going to blow up at some point. Um, but it is it is refreshing to see those kind of relationships on tv yeah i think you've hit on something for me personally that's a really key part of AEW's appeal which is um like eddie kingston like normalizing like talking about panic attacks or brilliant move by the way oh that that whole that that way to deal with yeah that like pay-per-view finish yeah absolutely perfect like uh because again we've all been there yeah we know what it's like and it is it's relatability and normalizing things that should already be normalized in life so true so true i feel like you know the sort of wrestling uh, sort of community it's sort of lagging like normal society isn't it like i remember like every sort of openly gay character in wwe programming was always like some sort of like flamboyant mm-hmm. like trope um and or just not talked about you know like we don't ever talk about the fact that pat patterson's gay yeah. you know we just don't talk about it whereas you know that's what... you've got sunny kiss and you've got nyla and it it's normalizing things and it's normalizing real life even in this extremely overproduced kind mm-hmm. of facsimile of a fight it is it's just really freaking cool and i love it and they should keep doing it yeah i totally agree i think the this year especially it like has made me think about um how important those like examples are to people and how we need to keep keep that up you yeah. know not be too um 
complacent about that sort of thing. Because um, I think there's a temptation. We all live in our own bubbles, don't we? Like one or the other. Um, but having over the last year, I mean, for us, it's literally been bubbles. Hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but you know, in my social economic bubble, like, yeah, of course, you'd have like gay friends and yeah. openly, openly gay friends that dress however the hell they want. But I get the feeling that that's not the case everywhere. So actually, yeah. seeing somebody like Sonny Kiss or Anthony Bowens, like, that's really important. I think. And I mean, it was the same for me. For me, I grew up like being straight was the um, kind of minority in my year at school. It So I've always had kind of that experience, that exposure to various different subcultures and yes. identities and things like that through my friends. Like I, I think there was a group of about 50 of us that used to hang around and there are about three of them that like were straight or weren't identifying as some kind some other gender or something like that so for me it's been really normal but yeah as you said not everyone has that and not everyone has that exposure to things like that so yeah it is it's absolutely fantastic to see it so normalized yeah important important societal work being done there i think um yeah thanks very much for that um sort of leads me on to the next question which is about 2020 as a year and as an experience um and i know everyone's had like you know their own like personal experience of sort of lockdown era um i think for most of us it's been quite a challenge you know pretty difficult time i know some people have enjoyed aspects of it and, and maybe not so much others um but could you tell us something about how did did aw help you in 2020 in particular could you tell us a bit about about that those interactions so my 2020 was kind of either end of the spectrum. It was terrible and fantastic. I started <laughs> writing, um, I started writing kind of classics Twitter stuff, um, kind of following my passions there with ancient history and classical literature, stuff like that. Yeah. And then Molly started writing. And then she was like, hey, Beth, there's a company that or a blog that are looking for writers. You should totally go write. And that kind of everything's kind of spiraled from there so mm -hmm. from like aw for me has been a huge kickstart to, to my career and what i want to be doing in life on the writing aspect of things and mm -hmm. i've met so many amazing people over twitter on over the last like 18 months um you there's so many people like the list of names just keeps getting longer and longer and yeah, I don't think 2020 would have been possible to survive without the IWC, to be fair. Mm. It's, there has been a heck of a lot of not nice stuff going on, especially last year, like especially over last summer with Speak Out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. The vast majority of the last year, Twitter and the IWC, the AEW fandom has been my kind of life preserver. Yeah, a lot of it. That's it's great to not, hear. It's not been easy to deal with. Yeah. That. Yeah, it's interesting that you raise um, speaking out. That's it now feels like such a long time ago. That, but oh, of course, oh, yes, it, it does. It was only, but you're right. It was only last year. Last August, mm. I believe. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> it sort of changed the course of EW a bit, didn't it? Because um, I'm sure they would have signed. Um, the chap that's at Ring of Honor, 
now who was always in the Being the Elite videos. Marty Skirrell. But um, I think that pretty much kiboshed that. Oh, also... that definitely kiboshed that. I mean, he has now been, if I remember correctly, he's now been edited out of all the old Being, being the Elite videos as well. Yeah, so most that has very much not happened. Obviously, everything with Sammy. That's right. Um, and... Ah, uh, can't remember his name. Oh, guy. Uh, who? Sorry, the other English guy. Oh, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Obviously, all all that happened and that came out, and it wasn't just with the IWC either. There's um, it ended up bleeding over into the tabletop role playing community as well, mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of crossover there, as you can mm-hmm. see with the AEW lot. I mean, they literally play D and D once a week on Twitch. It's amazing. That's right. Um. So there was that kind of bleed out. And that was like last summer, that was all my Twitter was, was just speak out. And that was not easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. But everyone was kind of there for each other. And mm-hmm. especially within the AEW community, kind of picking each other up and being that support network that a lot of us didn't have access to because of lockdown and everything. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's a really interesting like perspective on... On 2020, um, like a big opportunity for you, which sounds like it's been like it's overall been like awesome. a great positive. But yeah, it, it has been awesome, but there have, was a lot of crap to deal with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just to end, um, like, and, and this is a hard one as well, like your top three matches, but for you, when you think of AEW, what's your single biggest takeaway special moment like it could be like a pop or it could be like an emotional reaction you had or just a great move for some people like what do you think about as your special moment in AEW so far oh there are so many Um, (laughs) I think the big one is obviously the Brody tribute episode yeah that one is gonna be a top one for most people I think because I spent all night in tears it it was I mean, it starts at 1am for us, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. it's it's about half past five. And it was the first article I wrote as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. that that is a big moment for me. Um, but then you've also got the Brody and Matt Hardy camp um, debuts. Um, and the elite deletion match there there are just so many like i popped all the way through that elite deletion match (laughs) every 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 different spot i was just like this is amazing um but yeah there are there are so many moments that will be lifelong memories yeah again uh, matt hardy and brody's debut feels like such a long time ago now but i was it their first show the first with fans? lockdown show yeah. it was the show at the start where cody did that famous like promo just to the fans yeah. like here's how it's gonna go um but yeah i'd been following uh the sort of stuff on matt hardy's blog uh because he'd been talking about like what he was gonna do next and things like that um and so and, that for me was yeah. like an amazing moment as well and it was like who's the exalted one and like yeah. the it was what a week and a half two weeks before the show that they put up the image of the poem for the exalted one and the first letters wrote out matt hardy that's right and i was mm-hmm. like oh matt hardy's gonna be the exalted one mm-hmm. and then he wasn't 
and then both of them debut and you're like oh crap because i i kind of i expected Brody to go to aew Hmm. i wasn't expecting it to be that show and Mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting to be as excited for it i wasn't (laughs) expecting my pop to be as huge Hmm. as it was Hmm. um i think the other big moment is the sting debut Oh god, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would, I was. Ah, uh, that was uh, that whole episode. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, so the Winter mm-hmm. Is Coming episode, anyway, was always going to be fantastic. Yeah, but the yeah, the Sting debut, and then I, I will never forgive Kenny for stealing the title off Mox. <laughs> that, that's a completely different story. But that that whole episode, so it's, I, I can't choose. Sorry. Oh no, this is the. <laughs> This is the whole point of it. Of this is to capture, is to capture the zeitgeist. That's what we're doing. Um, yeah, so many great moments. I totally agree. Um, I, for for the Brody one, I could, because I hadn't watched wrestling in about twenty years. Like I had no idea who Brody Lee was. So I just kind of thought, oh, good God, he just leveled that guy with a massive boot to the face. I mean, Hill versus the Wyatt family was what got me back into wrestling with WWE. Yeah. That which is where my love for mox comes from and just why i love seeing mox in tag and trios matches so much Mm. it's Mm. my happy place yeah Um, but yeah so i but brody wasn't my favorite of the wyatt family and he was just kind of there you had bray Mm -hmm. he was kind of the center of it but i popped so hard when he came out because i was like oh this is amazing we're actually gonna get him get to see him do what he should have been doing over in wwe yeah, like with, with Mox, like with Sim with Jericho, like with Sim with mm-hmm. a fair few of the AEW roster. They're doing their own thing. Mm. It's just unfortunately a huge shame that we lost him so soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I was the same as you. I watched it live, cried continuously for two hours. Um, you know, speaking to one of our fellow uh, Twitter users, Brian, the other day, and he was saying. Towards the end of the show, you know, we shared shared a few tears. I was like, mate, I was in tears. Yeah, I was in tears for like, like <laughs> literally just at, at the beginning when they had everyone out, and I was like, yeah, yeah. that's that's it. I'm gone, and that yeah. was it. I was in floods of tears for the rest of the show, and yeah. it will. I think the fact that his last match was his dog dog collar match with Cody will always be i mean he said in his um unrestricted interview that was kind of a dream match for him so the fact that he got to go out on such a high um at the peak of his career it's he got that moment and i'm glad he got that moment yeah he deserved it very short-lived yeah 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 absolutely yeah good stuff good stuff um, well, thank you so much for your time today, Beth. And it's All lovely right. to meet you after following you on Twitter for since like 2019 or something like that. So uh, awesome to uh, meet you. It's been lots of fun. Great. And then um, where can we, like for those listening, like where can we find your writing? Um, you can find my writing over on WrestleJoy. Um, I have taken um, some time off. So it's been a few weeks since anything of mine has been uploaded, but I will be getting back to that soon. Um, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at EnigmaBeth and all my blog details and stuff are over there. Awesome. Well, have a great day, Beth, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Cheerio. Bye.